am Becky Harmon, author and worker bee here at the Bella Books Warehouse in Tallahassee, Florida. Bella Books is proud to be the largest lesbian-owned press devoted to the publication of books written for, by, and about women-loving women. Welcome to our What's New at Bella podcast. Today I'm joined by Bella Books author E.J. Noyes, all the way from Australia, where she lives with her wife, a needy cat, a loaf chickens, and too many horses. So born and raised in Australia. Yeah, and I was—I mean, I've always lived in the same sort of place uh, around Brisbane, Queensland, which is, um, so if you're sort of east coast, if you sort of go halfway up the coast, it's about the so it's the capital of Queensland, the Sunshine State, which okay. is like the worst place someone like me could ever live because I hate summer. <laughs> so, yeah, always sort of lived around here, but um, currently in the process of trying to move to New Zealand because my wife got a job at the end of February, very smart, sciencey sort of job, um, and then, you know, COVID hit, so we've just been in a bit of a holding pattern. So I've always sort of lived in the same around um, Brisbane, but, yeah, making a big, a big change to Dunedin where it's going to be cool and rainy and only three and a half hours from Queenstown where we ski. Um, yeah. So we know what you're going to be doing once you move, skiing all the time. Mm. I know. That's what I said, you know, we'll just be every weekend. And she's like, we can't go every weekend. I'm like, well, why not? (laughs) What other thing? Like, what else is there to do in winter but, you know, go skiing? So Okay, so what's the move entail? Because you have animals. I do. Well, we do, I should say. Um, So the biggest problem we have at the moment is we have five horses. Um, So that's sort of hard. Um, One of them is actually my wife's second horse. She's 27 years old. It's actually the mum of the other four. So um, she'll stay here with, with a good friend who'll take care of her um i mean she's still pretty active but is definitely sort of winding down a little bit um yeah and then we've got two others out with trainers trying to sell them because selling horses is a horrendous experience because you just you know have a lot of tie kickers or hoof kickers we should say um <laughs> uh and then we've got sort of one that we'll sort of yeah get rid of ourselves, and the other one i'll probably just hang out with his mum because he's a bit of a feral little thing so yeah so they'll we'll leave them here um as much as i'd love i mean we could take a couple but uh, we sort of won't have the support network over there, so it makes it a bit hard. Um, take the cat over. We can take our car, um, <laughs> take all our electronic goods and stuff because, you know, New Zealand and Australia have the same sort of socket system. So you have a cat, and what's her name? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> her name's, no, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. Her name's Smudge, but we just never call her that. Oh. She's just kidder. We just call her Kitty. Um, and I saw a thing that um, was basically, does anyone actually call their animals by their actual names? I don't think anyone does. You are probably right. You're yeah. probably right. She's my little Kitterinus, my little Perperini, my little precious Perpy, my little butt <laughs> face. So it's just as soon as we can, we'll chuck everything on a ship and jump on a plane and off we go. Wow. But yeah, it's just, it, it's going to sort of be like this, you know, it's, it'll be nothing and then it'll be just everything all at once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we sort of had to put everything on hold, and it's it's quite funny actually because I've had all these moving shipping companies going. Uh, so about that quote that we gave you, I'm like, do you yeah. not realise we can't leave the country? We yeah. can't get into the other country, you know. And they keep emailing me, and I've had to say, guys, come on, like I know you need some business, but you know, <laughs> what would you like me to do? Teleport over there? So yeah, so it's going to be pretty hectic um, when it happens, but yeah, sort of, you know, it'll be worth it. Just um, a little bit of stress, but. So what do you do for a living? Um, I'm currently preparing to be redundant, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have another three and a half days of work left and, um, and then a half day of drinking, I think. <laughs> that sounds uh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, it will be good. Um, and it's not even real work. Um, so, I mean, it's been coming for a couple of years, so the timing is really good with my wife's new job. So we can expect lots more books? 
probably the same same amount of books, but this year I've um, I've only got the one coming out because I I knew that this move was happening um, potentially. So I sort of said just the one, and then next year we'll um we'll be back to two a year hopefully. So so since you brought it up, let's talk about reaping the benefits. Yeah. I will never be the same. Yeah. Grilled cheese and potato <laughs> chips are the only thing I want to eat. Else. I know bagel, <laughs> peanut butter, honey. Banana sandwiches, everything you can get your hands on. Basically, it was basically just like my my eating fantasy. Like, what would I eat? So many that I thought I just want to put everything in here. I thought, no, I can't eat like pizza and burgers all day every day. I have yep. to know. I'm assuming you've seen the movie Despicable Me, and you know what a I minion. Haven't. You've never seen I that movie. I do know what minions are. No, I've never seen any of them. I do know what minions are. Um, mm. um sorry, I'm just drinking. Um, <laughs> Because it's night time for me, so it's, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Drink away. Um, I, no, I actually haven't ever seen a Despicable Me movie, but, I'm, you know, I don't live under a rock, so I do know, like, the little yellow minion things. But mm-hmm. um, the minion came about, I don't even know what it was, but I just had, it just stuck in my head um, as minion, just like, but, you know, they, I mean, they're not really, that's the funny thing is, and I sort of just tried to explain it, that it was just like a funny joke, you know, made by Greek right. God, you know, right. whoever Hades is, you know, thousands of years ago. Um, but it was just, my best friend and I um, talked about this book a lot while we were hiking, because um, we used to go on sort of hikes and just chat, like she chats about her kids and I talk about my books, so it's sort of like this funny little <laughs> We basically just talk at one another, um, and it just—it just whenever we spoke about it, it was just like the death, the death dominion book. And she was really upset when I sort of pointed out that I can't actually call the book Death's Minion, like actually it's a good title, like. And she, yeah, so it just, um, it just really, it just stuck um, as Minion, um, and I, I do know the connection. I sort of went, oh well, whatever, you know. It'll it'll either be like what the hell, or people get laugh out of it. So. Either way, it's all good. I read everything you you put out about your struggle Mm. with writing third person. And I got to tell you that third person made the book, in my opinion. I still look at it and I mean, I'm I'm proud of it. Um, And I'm proud of how it sort of feels. I mean, for lack of a better phrase, like a a first person book written in third person. Um, (laughs) Because, I mean, for me, the the thing about first person is the immersion of it. and just being so inside a character's head, um, right? Regardless of the point of view that you're in, and, and I, that was, I think, what I really struggled with in the third person was I just felt, um, I felt almost sort of like apart from the characters instead of inside their heads, like I usually do. Mm. Uh, and that was what I sort of really struggled with. And I, I, I did write a little um, sort of piece for the for the Bella blog, and I, and it became this sort of circular um, thing in my brain. It was, it was, I was basically just talking myself out of it. Um, <laughs> you know, was it, you know, was I having problems because of the third person or was I having problems because the book just wasn't good and the ideas weren't good and the plot oh. was bad? Um, or was it because I was just so focused on this idea that, you know, I had to write in third person. So it sort of became this massive sort of like maelstrom of um, basically just like panic almost about what, why I couldn't sort of connect with the book um and I I gave it to my wife to read and I gave it to some friends to read um and they were like well you know you're 
hallucinating. <laughs> and it, and it, it did become this thing where I basically talked myself out of it um, and, and, and got into a state where I thought it wasn't what it really was. Um, and I was really, really lucky. I mean, if anyone follows me on social media, they'll know that I complained about it on Twitter so much. <laughs> Every, I was just like, I was just struggling with it. And I thought like, I just need to rant and like, I'm just going to shout it into the void. You know, like actually Jay um, popped up and said, do you want me to have a look? And I was like, well, yeah, I do. But actually, no, I really don't want you to look at my like, drafty crap. Like I just like, don't know, but thank you. And then Lee Winter, who um, she and I actually chat quite a bit and we've actually gamed a bit together in Fallout um, 76. I'm sure she won't mind me telling been a bit gamey nerd together. Um, you know, so, you know, pretty comfortable outside of bookie stuff. And she sort of said, well, you know, dipshit, like if she's offered to take a look at it, then give it to her. Um, so I gave it to Jay and she gave me some really um, very delightfully polite feedback, which, which really helped. And then Lee Winter basically just said something just really what my problem with it was that was just the way I was approaching it. Um, like it was a, you know, like a horned slavering baby stick, <laughs> you know, and it, like I was afraid of it. Um, so yeah, that, that really helped and I managed to sort of crack on with it and finish it. Um, but yeah, never again. Oh, <laughs> was, um, I'm so sorry not, to hear that. Yeah. It, it wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I say never again, but maybe I'll try it again. Um, but oh, I think I, I would definitely need to approach it a lot differently um, and not approach it as this is a third-person book that I'm writing, but just that I'm just writing a book. Um, I think I, I allocated so much of my mental energy to the fact that I was writing in a way that was uncomfortable to me. Right. Um, um, but I like it. I like the finished product very much. EJ and I will be right back after this break. I like how your body settles on the If you like the sound of the music being played during this podcast, then I encourage you to check out Jamie Anderson's collection of unique and original songs. Jamie has been singing and playing music since high school and began writing songs when she got bored with singing other people's songs. Bella Books published her memoir, Drive All Night, in 2014, and her second book, An Army of Lovers, in 2019. An Army of Lovers covers women's music in the 70s and 80s. You can hear Jamie's music, see her tour dates, and check out her YouTube channel at her website, jamieanderson.com. Welcome back to the What's New at Bella podcast. I'm your host, Becky Harmon, and with me today is Bella Books author E.J. Noyce. When I started reading mm. it, I had no idea. I hadn't read the blurb. I didn't know mm. that. I didn't even know that it was, uh, what are we calling it, sci-fi? Are we, what are we, fantasy? I, I don't even know. I have no idea what we're calling it, to be honest. I've seen a lot okay. of people say paranormal, which surprises me because I don't think it is. I think that it's a romance. With, it's, I think it's like Alone, where the romance is the key but it's sort of just a different way to approach it. I um, agree with you. And that's actually how yeah, Bella sorry. has it tagged, just as a romance. Mm, yeah. I can't believe you didn't read that blurb. I spent so long crafting. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back and read it now so that I can appreciate it. Um, and I, I mean, I I have seen sort of a few things because, you know, I'm a narcissist, so I do look at, at stuff. Um, 
you know, here and there. And I have seen a lot of people sort of go, oh, you know, I don't really like, is it, the, you know, paranormal and death? Uh. And I feel like, you know, I, I don't comment unless someone addresses me directly. Um, but I so want to pipe up and say, you know, like it's a happy ending because it's romance, so it has to be. And um, but, you know, like it's it's not paranormal. I don't think it's, it's paranormal. It's not, I think. no. Um, and I did read a review because, again, you know, like I do read them because they <laughs> help my ego, which helps me write. Someone who said, um, I loved that it felt so paradoxically normal. And I loved that, that phrasing in that review because that was what I was sort of aiming for, was that for just for it to just be like a just just a normal thing, like, you know, who cares, you know, like for it to not be a big deal that she's like 700 years old or yeah, you know, like it's just, it's just, it just is what it is. And, you know, let's move past that and focus on the, um, just a setting really, I think to, to like a vessel for, for something new for a romance. Cause I, I worry about sort of writing the same sort of things over and over again, you know, thinking of what, what new settings and what new plots. And I've got so many and I, yeah, just sort of thinking of how to, how to work those into new stories really I suppose yeah so do you want to talk about any of your backlist is there any that uh, you have anything that you'd like to say about you know because I, I wrote ask tell um and I, I think I have said this before in other sort of podcasty things that I didn't realize that it was in first person present tense because I just I just wrote it um you know like I've got no idea I don't my wonderful editor Kath Walker will attest to the fact that I can't tell you what's a verb like seriously <laughs> like I got no idea you know it's just I just write and I just you know I think about how it sounds in my head and whatnot um and I just wrote it and then you know it was pointed out to me that it was in first person present tense and I was like what what's that <laughs> um because I mean when I read I don't notice that um you know that sort of thing is isn't isn't a factor for me it's 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 how I'm engaging and the story had just come out like that um and I'd written it and and I was actually you know it is it is what it is and I I thought about changing it but um I think the thing with with us telling it and with alone as well as the the present tense lends such a sense of um immediacy to it and and involvement um for the reader so yeah. I thought well I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to send it. And the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no. Um, and then, you know, who wants to publish books anyway? Like, I'm just going to give it all up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thankfully that didn't happen. So it was um, it was this sort of funny little thing of, you know, learning that I'd committed the biggest literary sin in the world and then just going, well, what am I going to do? I've committed it. So I'll, I'll just, just go you know, with it. I'll just, I'll just give it a go, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's um I think it's funny. I think the bias towards first person, um I think it's it's really interesting. I don't know, um you know, 'cause I thought I think what what is it that people don't like about it? Um you know, that and that's something I sort of can't can't put my finger on is why don't people like first person? What I don't um, like is that it puts me in the position of the character. And if I don't like the character or I don't connect with the character, then Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy the book. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the biggest, when it's in third person, you can kind of say, okay, well, I don't like them. And and Mm. maybe the other character is more that you can connect with. Mm -hmm. You have, um, you have earned your place 
and you are going to be given much more leeway and much more freedom <laughs> from a reader's. This is coming from a reader's perspective. Reader, yeah. Um, you are That's you are going to be given much more. You know, if you write something atrocious, people are going to say, "Oh well, you know, put it aside, wait for the next one," because they oh, God, have confidence. So. They have confidence and faith in you. So, mm. you know, you could do. You could do pretty much anything. Please don't. <laughs> Second person, no. dual point of view. No. One is in past tense, one's in present tense. Oh All right, I'm doing it right now. I'm making a note. That's my next book. <laughs> but, um, I mean, in all seriousness, the book, um, uh, I had to abandon a series because I just, I don't know, I'm blaming Corona. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I've written one of them and half of the second one. And I was just like, oh, I'm just not into this. Um, so I started working on another one, um, which is which is dual uh, first person, um, much like Arstel. But I think okay. I think the biggest thing is to make sure you've got two distinct voices yeah. um, between the two characters, um, regardless of who whether you're writing first or third person. Um, and I think if you, if you, I think if you do that, then, you know, the reader's going to, you know, put their hand in yours and say, all right, pal, you know, like, take me along, I trust you. Um, if I think if you can sort of, yeah, just, just give them, give them people that they can enjoy, um, then they're going to come along for the ride without too much complaint. I, I think you're... Oh, God. I think you hit. I think you hit the nail on the head there. You you said it better than than I could have. That's that's what I was saying. Wolfly, but yes, wolfly you, kind of way. <laughs> very eloquent. Jump in the car. Come with me. Let's go. First person. We're doing it. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I should. Um, I do have one book that is actually, and I. I'm going to invoke the the great Karen Callmaker again. Is it Karen did it? So I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> is Wild Things is one of my favourite books of hers, oh, and how me she too. wrote um, Sydney in third person and Faith in first person. Um, and I thought, well, if she can write two point of views in one book, well, then why the hell can't I? <laughs> well, for many reasons, well, not Karen Callmaker for one, but uh, <laughs> but I, I do have a historical fiction that um, that is. I may never publish, but um, I might, um, that is partially third person, past tense, and partially um, first person, present tense, um, recounting the events of the past. So it's, which sounds really confusing when I sort of say it like that. Um, <laughs> so I have, I have written some more third person on it, and I think I will keep trying it, but yeah, it's not, it's not my favourite flavour of ice cream, let's just say that. <laughs> Well, I think that alone wouldn't have, you couldn't have written, it wouldn't have been oh, as good no. in any other no. format. I, I agree. I hardcore agree. And that, that like Ask Tell, just came out the way it came out. Like from, um, I, I did have it in past tense. I sort of, and I was just playing with the idea when I'm sort of just fiddling and I'm writing just random scenes because, um, and I've said this before, I don't plan anything. I don't write in order. <laughs> you know, I write scenes, you know, from Chapter 5 and then scenes from Chapter 80 and <laughs> Chapter 12. And, and then I sort of joined them all up and I was just playing and I just, it, I had a little bit and it just, 
it just sort of morphed as I was writing. It just all of a sudden went first um, um, first uh, present, and I just went, That's, this is it. Like, it just has to be. Yeah. Um, you know, again, for that immediacy and the and the um, and the sense of being with um, Celeste and, and sort of experiencing as she's experiencing, I think, was really important for that. Um, for us, tell it was just how it came out. Um, so I think us tell probably could have been past tense if I had of I think known a bit more about writing (laughs) 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 how to make words I I probably could have but um I did try I did try to make it past tense and I just felt like I lost all that sort of facetious sort of self-talking asides of you know like everything that made Sabine Sabine I shouldn't say that I'd literally, I choose names by going online and I literally type female names and then I just sort of like scroll through them and I sort of try to, <laughs> and I sort of try to find, um, Sabine was easy because I knew that I wanted her to be German, um, but the rest I, I do and then I find myself sometimes repeating names, which is a bit problematic. Yes. Um. <laughs> yes, because you're your fans will pick up on that and they'll be like, is this the same person? I saw that name before. No. They might notice that there's a <laughs> Hannah in reaping the benefits from like, like the 1600s, 1700s, and there's also a Hannah in um, Ask Me Again, who's a very minor <laughs> character who never says anything. So I sort of thought, oh, I like the name, so that'll do. Well, and the, the Hannah in Ask Me Again could be the mm. Hannah could be. in reaping she very the well, benefits. She could be. Yeah. Maybe she's not dead after all. Oh my God, sequel! Thank you, Becky. I've been wondering how what I could do with that. I don't have time. I don't have time to write that. I like how your features soften in the dashboard glow. I like how your body. Are you looking for something to do during those pesky stay-at-home hours? Check out the Bella Media channel. Just follow the link at the bottom of the Bella Books homepage, or go directly to bellamediachannel.com. You'll find plenty of entertainment and lots of book reviews and articles. And if that's not enough for you, then turn over to the Bella YouTube channel, where you'll find Bella authors have invited you into their homes with video readings for your enjoyment. Welcome back to the What's New at Bella podcast. I'm your host, Becky Harmon, and with me today is Bella Books author E.J. Noyce. Okay, so I have one thing that's totally unrelated to you and to Bella mm-hmm. and to everything, but um, oh goodness, my my happy go-to show during the pandemic mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. Crikey, it's the Irwins, <laughs> and so I have to know: Have you been to Australia Zoo? Um, I haven't. Never. No, I've never been. I don't live that far from it. No, yeah, like an hour, an hour and a half. Um, and I've driven past it a few times. I used to go rock climbing at a mountain that's nearby. Um, you know, like when we say not far in Australia, that you know, anywhere within twelve hours. Um, <laughs> but my wife has dropped, and this is going to sound really bizarre. She has dropped a lot of, um, and picked up a lot of dead turtles from Australia Zoo. <gasps> um, oh. Because she's, um, I mean, she's a marine biologist, but her. PhD was in marine parasitology, specifically in marine turtles. So, you know, if they had, um, you know, turtles that were brought to them for rehabilitation but, you know, didn't make it or that, then she, yeah, so it was sort of, she sort of often turn out with dead 
green turtles in the back of the car. But no, I've never been to Australia Zoo. But I am. Um, I like the Irwins, and I like what they've done, sort of done for conservation and and sort of how they've put it out there for us. And this this is this is what kind of got into my heart. I hate snakes with a passion, okay. but Robert. Irwin picks it up and 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 holds that snake yep. and then he gets a a bottle of water and pours water into the bottle cap and gives yep. the snake a drink and then he turned it loose and yeah we're all good we have yeah i mean um we live in a sort of rural area um and we have a lot of sort of pythons i mean pythons are non-venomous um they're pretty chill we have one at the moment um, who's been hanging around, and he would he would eat the cat <gasps> easily. Um, he actually took a cockatoo. Um, it was on in the guttering, and if anyone, I mean, if you put this in, if anyone wants to message me, I've got some really great photos of it. It's got the cockatoo, um, of it <sighs> digesting it. I mean, it's incredible. Like nature's just amazing. It's huge. It's got the most. Um, it's I mean, it's massive. I think it's about two point five meters. So that's what seven feet maybe, and it just is. And it sort of went away and then it came back. So we've sort of be, got to be really careful to lock the cat up at night. Um, I probably wouldn't like it so much. You know, cat, you, said, <laughs> you said gutter, and I don't know if that means the same thing to you. So it was on the roof. I mean, the cockatoos are everywhere. And it just shot out and just grabbed it. And, <gasps> you know, they, they, they kill by constriction. Kill yeah. by constriction, um, you know, I was taking photos of it. I mean, it's not nice. I don't like it. But, you know, nature's nature. Just watching it digest it, like, you know, because I've got to, you know, so I was eating it. Um, so it's hanging around. Um, it's also been down in our feed shed eating rats, thankfully. Um, but we've got a couple of small ones, a really nice little um, brown tree snake who's adorable. Um, but we also have around here a lot of um, uh, eastern brown snakes, which if anyone wants to Google, I think they're the second most venomous snake in the world, terrestrial, second most venomous terrestrial snake in the world. So, um really serious but the thing about them um is they they're not aggressive sort of snakes like if you just sort of stand there they will just sort of like slither over your feet like they're not out to get you and that's yeah like we do have some aggressive snakes like australia has a lot of i think i can't even, um you know like we got taipans and and stuff like that so we've got a lot of um a lot of venomous snakes around here but i don't i think I don't really think any of them are actually aggressive to the point where they would just come up to you and go, like, screw you, I'm going to, like, bite you. Like, right. They only react to feeling threatened or something. So if you leave them alone um, and let them just, you know, do their thing, then, you know, yeah. We found the um, the big guy where, you know, we're, we're currently trying to get rid of a lot of old horse blankets and stuff like that. So we sort of brought them up from the shed to the house and just sort of dumped them. Oh. Um, in his little alcove and we came up from feeding the horses and my wife's like oh <laughs> look over there and we just see this massive like coil of of python and i mean oh. i'm i mean i'm biased i think they're really beautiful um snakes i don't want them on me and i don't you know but like if he's around i'll sort of give him a touch and he's um are you serious you python. touch him the python yeah yeah touch his tail and stuff and he usually goes oh. do you mind like can you not and just like sit off but they're quite they're quite benevolent um we had one living in a chicken coop which was probably why the chickens refused to roost in it now really free. <laughs> um, and but he was he was he was a smaller one so he was way too small to actually do anything but he was just like you know they're laying eggs and i'm just gonna eat them and you know like you know just i'm just gonna hang out here and you know he was he was really chill. Like, you sort of pick him up and move him out so you could lock the chickens up because he'd sort of get in there in the time between when we got home and they'd roost. 
and he'd get in there and then, you know, we were sort of come, there was a sort of a gap between them being locked in. So, um, but the pythons are generally pretty, pretty chill. But yeah, the brown snakes, I mean, it's worrisome, but what are you going to do? They're just around. They're allowed to be. Just don't want them. We did have one in our bedroom once, a (gasps) python, which was, came in through the deck, which was, um, the cat was pretty unimpressed. But I mean, I did, I mean, I did sort of make a few, um, I did make a little joke in, in reaping that, you know, like not everything in Australia wants to kill you, as Morgan says. Yes. So, you know, like it's, I mean, you know, we do have a lot of stuff here, um, (laughs) but you know, on the land and in the water, you know, like blue ringed octopus and stuff like that, or yes. cone shells, they're, they're always fun. But, you know, like if you look at how many people have actually died, it's it's really not that many, <laughs> you know, compared to other countries with other issues, which I won't mention. Uh, nature's awesome. Quickly, where everyone can reach out to you. I know you're on Facebook and Twitter. I am. Um, and I've got a website that I didn't even make myself which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Facebook, I think if you just, I should know this, I should know this off by heart. You're actually on Facebook search. by Emily. Well, uh, see, that's me. Um, oh, that's are you me. on there yeah, by EJ too? I do actually have an author page. Um, oh, okay. But the problem with Facebook is it doesn't let you join groups as your author page until really recently. Um as like a business page, so it's really right, and it won't let so it won't let somebody tag you. Yeah, so I'm in a lot of groups as my oh god, my super secret identity of my real name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my Facebook is I think just uh, EJ Noise. Um, Twitter is Grocket, and I have to spell this one out for everybody. And don't ask me how I got it. I started it before I started writing, and now I just couldn't bet changing it um z g r o k i t i think if you just search for me you'll probably find me um and i have a website as well ejnoiseauthor.com fantastic sometimes i say things on it sometimes (laughs) Sometimes you say things on it (laughs) it's got an faq you know if you're sort of know some things about me It has been why I have that Twitter handle. There you go. It has been great um, talking to you today. It has indeed. Even though we're 14 hours apart. We are. Fascinating. Yes, Mm. love the internet. Thank you, technology. So that's it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you'll share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know who I'm chatting with. You can share your likes and dislikes of this podcast by reaching out to Becky at bellabooks.com. We are rushing forward. I'll take you. I'll take you anywhere. Bella Books is proud to provide books where the woman always wins and the story lingers in our minds long after the last words.
special thanks to singer-songwriter and Bella Books author Jamie Anderson for the use of her song Drive All Night during this podcast. You can find out more information about Jamie, including a link to her YouTube channel at jamieanderson.com. All night. Drive.